We continue in the Sefer Shi'orim Batfila by Rib Shimshim Pinkus. We're giving our second class on the topic of Chilui Ches Yod Lamed Vav Yod, which means to plead. And we were mentioning how there are two points in when you are pleading. First of all, you need a correct point to make. It's got to be a good point. And also, it's got to be expressed. It's got to be desired before Hashem. It's got to be someone who's capable of making the pleading. And we said every Jew is capable of making a pleading. But the good point, we may not always know what the good point is. So let's borrow that from the previous tzaddikim that have used it in the past. So now we continue with taking this idea of selecting certain verses as what to plead that have successfully been done before and that incorporates what we would like to say in the right way and not in a mistaken way. It now takes this idea broadly into the entire aspect of prayer. And he quotes from Rav Chaim of Olajan in the Sefer Nefesh HaChaim in the second gate, the 13th chapter. Rav Chaim explains the deep, uh, um, uh, the deep understanding of what the men of the Great Assembly did when they established the prayers. As we are told, there were 120 elders, and many of them were of them were prophets. And everybody knows that no human being is able to make such a wondrous um, structure of prayer to incorporate all the mystical aspects and all the repairs that can go on in the spiritual worlds from the higher worlds to the lower worlds to the Merkava cannot be done with great, great Kabbalistic wisdom from, from prophetic people. And that makes all the repairs and Hashem, as it were, put in their mouths or in their minds to understand you say these words and great things happen. Like it's, it's like such amazing things happen when we say these words that feel we have no idea what we are accomplishing. You know, it's like the muscle they give. Somebody is working in a room, like say over here, and he's in front of a computer. And he is told that there's certain buttons he has to press at certain times in the day. And those buttons activate things in the city next door. And the power goes on at a certain time and goes off from one place to another. And the whole city runs based on him pressing the buttons in exactly the way he's told to do it and not in a different order. Now, he's told to do this and he's paid good money to do it well because if he doesn't do it well, the city just (laughs) falls apart. Now, he doesn't see the results, but he's told this is what you have to do. That's the same thing. The world here runs really well when we say these prayers. And of course, we certainly benefit as well from that. Now, it said in the Gemara Chagiga, allegorically, that first man was reached one end of the world to the other, whatever that means. And, uh, but when he sinned, Hashem, so to speak, put his hand on top of Adam and he got smaller, okay? It says he, he took his hand and 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 pressed him down, crammed him down. That's the exact word, crammed him down. It doesn't say 
he removed most of his height, but like he crammed it down. I mean to say he, it, it got contained within itself, it got constricted, okay? But doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of greatness that was in there. And therefore we have even man till today, where man has got so much power in him, but he's quite constricted. But there are certain times where the person is able to come back to that state of Adam Rishon before the hate, and that's during prayer. When you stand before God, as it says in Tehillim, Lo Yogur Chara, there's no evil that re- resides with God. That before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's no evil that can enter. When a person is clinging to Hashem, so he's mamish like the state of man before the sin, and he can activate all kinds of amazing things with this order of prayer. When he goes from brachos to korbanos to zmiros to kriyashma to brachos until he mamish enters before Hashem, one order after another, until he mamish has the entire world within his grasp in what he is praying. And that's what the rabbis in Brachas say. It says there that tefillah is something that is in the highest realms of existence. These are ideas that are the highest of the highest, and people denigrate it. They don't appreciate how powerful it is. Because what's the beauty of prayer is that you've got all these details that work together and create a, a vast scope of reality of what it accomplishes but since we're not aware of what's happening so we think we can cut corners we could skip over here rush over here this part looks more important i'll spend more time here this is going to be less important and the whole beauty of the prayer is lost but a person who really believes in the words of the rabbis and they said so much about the liturgy of prayer you have to make a lot of time for all the details of what prayer is. And that's what he's expanding now. Instead of just the line here, the line there, he's saying the entire scope of prayer, it's been laid out for us. We would not know how to do any of this. Forget about one line, everything. And the rabbis are guiding us. What is the best way to deal with this as he shall explain? Yes. So when we have Time of prayer, right? Exact time. Because what we see is Bilal's prayers give you exact when he. Yeah, well, okay, yes. So therefore, Shachris belongs in the morning, and Mincha belongs in the middle of the day, and Mar belongs at night. That's also very important. The timing, everything that the rabbis told us how to do it, all has specific reasons, even if it's beyond what we can understand. So if we look, for example, at the scope of prayer, and what he's Building up in this section over here that he's going to comment shortly from the Mesillus Yesharim. But he's going to say, the more you understand the overall concepts, then the details begin to make more sense. So he says, Let, let's say you start the day. You come into the shul. You start davening. Okay, what's the first thing you start with? Brachas. You bless and you thank Hashem and you add more power to everything that you're describing as you go along with the brachas. And you eventually are incorporating the whole world. You start by thanking Hashem for your own existence. 
for yourself. Shalosani goy. Right? I have eyes. I have clothes. There's terra firma for me to walk on. Hashem takes care of all my needs from my shoes on my feet all the way to the hand on top. You make a bracha for the Torah that is life itself. Make a bracha for your body. Asher yotzar. The neshama, l'kai neshama, the seichol, asher nosan l'sechvi. You're talking to Hashem and you're thanking Him and praising Him for everything He's done for you. That's logical first step. That's the first part of your world is you. <laughs> right? That's that's a starting point. And then we move on to the next. So that's like standing brothers. Then we move on to Korbanot. And now we're bringing God into the whole world. Because remember it says, by the Korban Tumid we say, you bring Hashem as Korbani Lachmi, my Korban, my bread. Hashem eats bread? As it were, like a person eats bread in order to give Koach to the Neshama to exist in a natural way, so do Korbanos, as it were, give power to Hashem to maintain the world. And Hashem is the, is the soul of the world. And just like bread in this world allows the body and soul to live together, if you don't eat bread, the person's going to die. And the body and soul will not be together. That's it. the point of life, is sustaining the body and soul together. So to Karbanos, as it were, Hashem set it up, it's like bread, so to speak. It keeps the physical and spiritual world together. Okay. And this is the extended beyond the natural life of creatures. Okay. So what we're really saying is, we're talking about, at this point, we're talking about myself, and now we're talking about the world in general, the way we perceive this world over here. It exists, and that's what the Corbanus is all about. Corbanus says, we now have to realize there's a world here that's got a physical and spiritual dimension in this world. Okay, now what? Okay, so we've incorporated a lot now, but now we move on to Psukhati Zimmer, where we try to resemble the angels who sing songs. The Zmiros of Psukhati Zimra, they, so to speak, hug from one end of the world to the other. Where you go through the Hallelujahs, and a person says, Hallelujah, my soul praises Hashem. And then you talk about the song of the world. And then you talk about how Yerushalayim gets built, which is the soul of the whole world. And you talk about the heavens and the rains, and you give food to the animals, etc., etc. And then we go higher up to Hallelujah, Hashem, in Hashemayim. Let's praise Hashem from the heavens, the lofty places where all the angels are, all the heavenly hosts are. And then the next Amis more talks about the future. Shir Hashem, Shir Chadash. Let's sing a new, one day we're going to sing the new song that will happen when Mashiach comes, the later times of this history of the world. And all the Mizmorim that talk about the future. And then you stand before Hashem and you praise Him with uh, his own kedusha itself, hallelujah, praise Hashem in His holiness. So we're going up a ladder that the ladder's feet on the earth and the, and the head is up in the heavens with the bracha before of Baruch Shamar and the bracha afterwards with Yishtabach. Okay. So we are 
that's a whole set as well. Sukkot is now a whole new realm. It's not the human being's understanding of the realm. It's the angel's understanding of the realm. Not just my body understanding thing, but my lowest level of soul. And now we come to the brachas of the Kriyashma, where you are literally standing before God's throne of glory, and you are together with the angels who are there, so to speak, and you say with them together, Kedusha, Kadosh, 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 Baruch Kvodesh, And that's a whole realm of existence as well, because the angels are the soul of the world and all the details of that, like we know. There's not a blade of grass that doesn't grow without an angel telling it to grow. And now when we're in that part of the tefillah, it's like we are together with the angels and we unify Hashem with the Kriyashma and we go further and further till we now reach the Amida, where now we're asking for everything for the whole world. So you see there's, there's a flow to everything. And... When you're finished talking to Hashem and Hashem has given you lots of brachas, now you got to take three steps back and now we got to start going down. In other words, it's all a ladder. Prayer is a ladder you go up, a ladder you go down. Every morning you start on the ground and you, and you recognize, okay, here I am. That's the brachas. This is who I am. I'm an individual. And there's a world around me that is sustained by korbanos or prayer. And that's and that's a, a, a level of existence. And then we go higher and higher. We go to the level of praising Hashem, which is another level of existence. And then we go to the higher realms even than that, where we're beginning to understand the Kodesh Baruch Hu in some way. And then finally you're right there with Hashem. So this is, and there's all kinds of Kabbalistic ways of talking about this from the lowest world of Asiya to the world above that, uh, uh, Yitzira and then Bria and then Atzilus, different worlds. And you're going up and there's a specific direction that you're going in. But then when you're finished, you got to go down. And it's like you took three steps up to get to the top. You got to take three steps down with Uvalatsia, uh, you start with the Uvalatsion that has Kedusha in it. Also Kadosh Kadosh, right? And uh, then we have the Korbanos, which is, uh, well, then we have uh, the Shear of the Day, which parallels the Sukkot Zimra, because that's a song. And then we have Korbanos again, those who say uh, Pitumaktores. Svardim, say Pita Maktara. So that's like the Korbanot. Okay, so we're going down the ladder. So just like the way you go up, there's an, you have to go in a normal way and you can't cut corners going up. And when you get to the top, you want to bring things down. You can't cut corners on the way down. Because if you do, you could lose what you got. You're coming down when you finish the prayers. You're coming down with lots of blessing, lots of energy. Got to make sure you take it down properly. You lower something and drop it, it falls, it breaks. Right? You, you go and buy something important in the store, you don't want it to get stolen. So you got to descend in a proper way. Like, what's the most difficult part when a rocket ship, the whole trip of a rocket, what's the most difficult part Landing. is the re-entry. Blasting off isn't as hard. 
and you can be up in, a, in this in the space. But when you come down, all that heat coming down can just burn up and destroy the whole thing. So you got to be awfully careful at that time. So you have to be careful that the nobody, no spiritual entities steal what you have over there. So you have to have certain protective barriers. And what's the final thing you're going to actually leave the shul and take those blessings out into the world? That's the Olenu prayer. When what are we really saying in the Olenu prayer? That Hashem, you did not make us like the Goyim in the world. They do their things. They worship silliness. And we have ours, which is the unity of Hashem. And that's how you build protective barriers to hold on to your Kedusha that you have. And the response of the Gaonim write about how special the Aleinu prayer is that Yeshua um, enacted when he we came into Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai established that we should say it also in Chutz because really you think you only say it in Israel. Because Yeshua enacted it when we came into Israel. And we did live in Israel a long time. We didn't leave. But then finally, finally... When the second base of Israel was destroyed, we weren't going back to Israel for a long time. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh says, you know, we, we still got to say Elenu, even a Chutzlaretz. And and we have to say, and he says like this, he says, the Godim say, he says, you have to say it with a lot of kavana, standing, wrapped your head in a talus, because there's no praise to Hashem that gives such prayers in the world like the Elenu. And we have a tradition, we should say this, when we say, Anu mishtachavim, we bend down, it should be done with fear and trepidation. And, and to understand that all the heavenly realms are hearing what's happening. Hashem is up there with all his angels and they're all saying, fortune is the nation that that is their lot. Fortune is the nation that Hashem is their God. Okay. Uh, that Hashem, that we have Hashem so strongly in our hearts and we go out with that. So what's the point of the last 10 minutes discussion? Is It's not just one line that they've given us. They've given us a whole flow of how to deal with prayer. And therefore, in section of, and this is really an important topic because really prayer is a challenge for many of us. We do it, but it's not exactly the most enjoyable thing for many people. Unfortunately, now, if you're looking for a schooler to arouse uh, that you should be able to focus and not daydream and things like that, the main thing is to understand what you're saying. And you want to change the time of prayer from one of drudgery to joy and pleasure. And this is what Lutzado says in his introduction to the Sefer Derech Hashem. He says, you know, he, what was the big, um, what do you want to say, uh, contribution that Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato gave us within the Kabbalistic realm? He says, you have to have systems. You have to notice there are systems, there are patterns. And there's, there's a lot of points and points and points and a detail and a detail and a detail. They're all wonderful ideas, but they're hard to hold them all. It's hard to keep the track of all of them. It's hard to remember them all. Hard to make sense of them, where they all belong. So this he learned from the secular world. And there's certain things you can learn from the secular world. 
See, science was able to take all the facts and try to put them in compartments. You know, you, you take these are, you know, certain types of uh, realities. These are other classifying things. So we have to classify parts of Torah and see that there's a system. When there's a system, when there's a structure, and then you look at everything where it fits into the structure. It's not something that, oh, it's, it, oh, it's another piece of information, another piece of information. You know, it's how, how come we can't remember things? You know how come we can't remember other things? Because we're making it hard on our mind. Our mind can retain things that are logical, sequential, and make a lot of sense. But if I just throw facts and facts and facts and facts and facts, then I can't hold them all. And I don't appreciate each fact in terms of how it relates to other facts. And it makes it something more real. That's why we like routines in life. Routines are something we're used to doing. This comes first, then comes this, then comes this. And I, I guess some sense of life. Well, so it should be with everything else. And prayer should not be anything less than that. We have to understand there is a set structure to prayer. It's a wonderful structure exactly when we're praying and if you really understood the structure and how it's bringing you closer to Hashem you'll see there's no pleasure as great as that pleasure and the sitter is like a tractate a wondrous tractate in the Torah of Hashem and the more you understand it the more your prayers will be with excitement that's the point he's saying over here so therefore, it is take this one idea of chilui, of trying to um, plead, and it's hard for us to know what to say to Hashem. And we have David Melech's tefilos. We have the men of the great assembly tefilos. But it's more than just the line; it's the whole structure of how this all fitting in. And that's also that we should adapt that as our own. So it's not I'm just going from one random line to another random line. What am I supposed to be doing here? Well, you understand that in the beginning, you're talking about gratitude for what you have. <coughs> and that's your complete focus. So that, okay, that's a lot of things I know that I should, we're putting into a basket here. It's a basket of you, the individual, what is there to you to thank Hashem? Well, I can see, I can hear, I have clothes, I have this, I have that, I have that. So say it and understand that which you are expressing to Hashem. That is this whole first section of the standing process. And every moment I'm focused on what other way should I understand myself and to thank Hashem for what I have. And then we bring the Korbanos. We're saying, but there's a, there's a world now. And there's a world that Hashem sustains and He needs our interaction with Hashem as well. And that means I have to do things in this world. And then we move on to praises. And like the angels, it, it, everything falls into a compartment. Get to the blessing of Shema. What, what, how do I wrap my mind and my intellect to understand really deeper ideas of my relation with Hashem. Ooh. Okay, anyway, that's okay. That's why it's not a hard cover. Okay, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it. So, and, and therefore, all those things are meant, if we have that, it becomes much easier to understand that. Okay. Uh, and therefore, you should, let's say, learn the like just like you're learning a Gemara, you have to learn a sugi, you have to learn the topic, 
right? We're learning Gemara. It can't be a line here, a line here, a line there. We say, okay, we're trying to understand the following idea. You know, like we've been learning this far. Okay, what, where, what, what laws apply to a mourner? Okay, what laws apply to a mitzvah? What laws <coughs> apply to a person who's been excommunicated? So, okay, that's the topic. That's what we're focusing on. That is the sugya. I want to understand the sugya. How do I, and how do all those behaviors fit into someone being a mourner? Okay, so now I understand that concept. So in davening, you're trying to understand what you're trying to convey to a Kodesh Baruch in a set pattern, in a set way. And therefore, just like anything else, we have to understand the set pattern that it has. So, for example, um, the Gemara in Megillah wants to know why all the brachas, one uh, precedes another, and why that's such an order in the brachas. So, for example, if you notice the 18 brachas, or 19, there's a pattern to it. If you understand the pattern, then it's not just, it's just said a bunch of things. So he said, there's the three brachas first of praise and acknowledgement. And we're talking about God's power of chesed and God's gvura and his, and his tiferes. And that's what the first three brachas, you're coming to talk to Hashem, you're saying, these are the powers that you have and that I'm coming to ask from you. And then we go to the 18 middle brachas, so to speak, uh, 12 middle brachas, there's really 13, but in general 12, which six of them are speaking about your own personal needs, and six of them are the communal's needs. And within that, in the personal ones, first three are your spiritual needs, and the next three are your physical needs. And for the community, the first three are the spiritual needs, and the next three are the physical needs. So now you're beginning to understand, okay, when I'm talking to Hashem, now I see there's a pattern here. So I'm just talking. This is how I lay it out. First, I'm praising your talents, your abilities, and what is it that I'm trying to get from? And then you say, okay, now let's start with my spiritual needs. First one, knowledge. If I don't have any knowledge, if I can't even think properly and know what's important, how do I even know how to talk to you? So please, Hashem, help me with that. And then my ability to do tshuva, and my ability to be forgiven. Those are all spiritual things. And if I can come back to you and be be the good person I'm meant to be, now I know what physical things to ask from you. Not selfishly. So then I ask, you know, that there shouldn't be uh, uh, trauma, there should be healing, there should be livelihood. And then we add, and the gathering of all the Jews from the exile. That links now between the individual and the group. And then we talk about our spiritual needs. As a, as a nation, we have to restore the judges, destroy the heretics, reward the faithful spiritually. And then finally, the physical needs of the nation, which is Yerushalayim, the Mashiach, and accepting our prayers. So now you, you, it all fits in. And then the last three is our thanks to Kodesh Baruch Hu. Three different aspects of thanking a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So when you have all that and you, you, there is a direction you're going, so you know, okay, here's the next step, the next step. And it all becomes a logical progression. So you really are involved in what you're doing instead of just reading another page, another blessing, another blessing. Like, where is the system involved? And that all was given to us by the rabbis who understand all those ideas over there. Um, okay, I well, just want to see if there's anything else I'm missing. 
And therefore, we have to spend time investing in understanding this topic called prayer. That is so I'd be able to um, know how to plead honestly, legitimately, and to be able to express everything that Hashem can give me, knowing the way to do it the way it's been explained to me, the way we've been taught by people before us. So this is this system for, okay. Now, uh, just looking for what the next thing is. Okay, then he says, that's how much time I got left, another two, three minutes. In section Zion, he says, regarding, now he talks about praying with a congregation, which is another one of these rules that the rabbi said. We talked a little bit about this a couple of days ago, but he quotes from one of the students of the Vilna Gon who brings from the Zohar Kodesh, where it says, when Yaakov was about to meet Esau, it says, Vayar, Vayera Yaakov, Yaakov was, Vayera Yaakov, he was very afraid, Vayitzor, he was uh, troubled. So why is he so afraid? Why was he so afraid? The answer is, at that point, he was alone. That's when he was alone. And the prayer of an individual is only one flavor of what it could be. And it's not so uh, perfect enough to be accepted as a congregational prayer. <clears throat> what does that mean? What basically is saying that when we daven as a group, everybody's got his part of prayer. Okay, I got whatever my attitude and what I'm bringing to the table. 10 people in the room, 100 people in the room, they're all bringing a little bit of their flavor. All those individual flavors come up, and the Malach now creates a beautiful meal out of it. Or if you want to say, a lot of different um, uh, colors of paint are created, and he creates a beautiful portrait. So. You know, some people come to prayer, they're very excited and full of enthusiasm and love and emotion. And that's like a burst of yellow that's so beautiful. Burst of orange. The other guy's kind of a show, I'm in a terrible mood. Hashem, I'm so upset with this and that. He's black. Everybody comes and brings their part of the portrait. <clears throat> the angel comes along, takes it all, and shows Hashem a beautiful picture. Remember, you can't always appreciate a black stallion unless a, a white stallion, unless it's on a black background. Then it really looks white. That's why it's interesting. You can tell um, uh, people who are who are colored if they have white teeth, it's really white, because the contrast makes it seem very white, even though their teeth may not be whiter than a Caucasian. <laughs> but the contrast. So when there's contrast, and he brings he brings this all as a beautiful portrait before Hashem, right? So, but if you go alone, you're only bringing one color paint. So it can't be as good. So again, what did the rabbi say? We know what's the best way for you to present it. Present it in a minion. And what's part of a minion, it will come out perfectly. Because not all the times are as good as other times. I'll have to continue at point Ches tomorrow that describes certain times of prayer being better than others. Okay.